This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential. After a 146-day strike, the WGA and the studios, the AMPTP, have reached a tentative agreement. This is some of what was said in the letter posted last night by the WGA to its members. Dear members, we have reached a tentative agreement on a new 2023 MBA, which is to say an agreement in principle on all deal points subject to drafting final contract language. What we have won in this contract, most particularly everything we have gained since May 2nd, is due to the willingness of the membership to exercise its power, to demonstrate its solidarity, to walk side by side, to endure the pain and uncertainty of the past 146 days. It is the leverage generated by your strike in concert with the extraordinary support of our union siblings that finally brought the companies back to the table to make a deal. We can say with great pride that this deal is exceptional, with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. And it goes on, and you can read the entirety via the WGA. Film critic, writer, and WGA member Tom O'Brien was with me on this show in May when this all started and joins me again in what we hope will be a celebration. First of all, Tom, welcome. And should I say congratulations, of course. Oh, this, it's a happy day in Hollywood. You know, we, we are not all the way back to being uh, the new normal. Uh, we still have our, our uh, allies in uh, SAG-AFTRA need to be able to sit down. But once this was a major deal and uh, the negotiating committee of the WGA, I mean, my hats are off to them. They, they have been dogged in making sure that the writers get the deal that was needed to be able to assure uh, wages and uh, AI protection and writers' rooms, uh, many people thought that this these three sticking points would never be agreed to. And I think it was only through the uh, dedication of the people on the line, the the strikers, the people who picketed every single picketing day. Uh, that um, made the uh, studios sit up and take notice. And uh, the negotiating committee has always downplayed things. They're saying, wait to hear it from us. Don't read the trades. It's, you know, if if something is breaking, um, please trust us to tell you. And we have, so that when they use a phrase like, this deal is exceptional, Mm -hmm. this is, I'm just over the moon by it course in the the coming days we have a few things left you the 11,000 membership will have to vote this through um so it's still sort of a tentative agreement before we get the final wording but as you're saying from this letter can you surmise that it seems that the demands have been met 
I think that the negotiating committee would never use this language if something has fallen short, because the members have been too determined to make sure that this strike is worth it to handle the issues so we don't have to do this again in three years. And so I'm extremely optimistic, actually, Christina, for the first day of the 146. <laughs> I, I know often... we've been we talked in May, and of course we've been talking here and there through through Twitter and, and, and messaging. And and you you've been pessimistic several times through this, and it's because yes. they have been so far apart from each other. Correct is the feeling that is I get. Correct. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, the AMPTP would not even meet with the writers. Uh, and it really, I think, took the help of our allies in SAG-AFTRA to really make this pay then make them pay attention. Because frankly, when you have actors on the picket line, you get press. Mm -hmm. And the actors have been great about staging events like show reunions and uh, other guilds, other groups coming to help that it became really untenable for the studios to, to stay away from the bargaining table. Uh, certainly public opinion was beginning to turn against them. And I think they everybody wants to get back to work. And the fact that we've had five straight days of negotiations and that led to this wonderful news last night, uh, I think makes this a likely first step in getting Hollywood back on its feet. Mm -hmm. And I only hope that when the language comes out uh, and the members of SAG after see it, the AMPTP in an effort to try and get us all back, uh, will meet with SAG after and uh, be able to hammer out language that meets their needs as well. Yeah, too. In terms of the writers, the demands, you mentioned them a little bit, but to say quickly, of course, it's viewership-based residuals, an increased amount of minimum compensation in all areas for writers, um, you know, pension and healthcare plans, but also the regulation of AI, the writers' rooms, mini rooms, and things like that. But what do you make of, you were mentioning in a bit, that this last few days, since Thursdays, in the room, you had Netflix CEO Ted Sarandis, Disney CEO Bob Iger, um, David Zaslov, Donna Langley. They were all there this time around for the past few days. Do you think that made a difference? Totally. Because they're the ones who can say yes. And to be able to have them all gather together and be able to hear this out and see how crucial getting these issues uh, are to getting resolved now, uh, it's in their long-term interest to resolve them so that you know there's no more disruptions along the line, because I think we all want to be able to get back to work. And the fact that they gathered together uh, when some of them frankly, in the past have been very critical of the Writers Guild, uh, to be able to get them in the room, to be able to just talk is is a is been a major achievement. And you know, hats off to them for coming. Uh, but I think it's in everybody's best interest that uh, this be resolved. What do you think has been the most contentious of these different demands? Or I, I think the AI issue is probably the biggest issue because this is a brave new world. Mm -hmm. And it AI is also very, it's kind of a gray area because it's a tool that can be used for good. 
uh, in terms of writers using it for research, but it also can be used for ill with studios thinking that they can replace writers by simply a bit of software. Um, no, no software is going to substitute for the kind of life experience that writers bring that makes script special, that makes the film great. Right. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting when we get the final deal to read the wording on the AI um, in particular, how what kind of regulations the writers have gotten through and things like that. And you were also mentioning the AMPTP has, I don't know how to put this, but had some very odd communication through these months. I mean, there's been leaks about people talking about even wanting to wait for writers to lose their homes. That's long, how long they would see this strike out. Very harsh what did this do? Did this strengthen the resolve of the writers or how do you see that? Writers were pissed off. Let's just say <laughs> that. <laughs> to put it you know, lightly. I mean, yeah, I mean, th that is not good faith. That is very, actually very demeaning to writers uh, because so many, such a large percentage of the guild uh, work, are basically don't make a, a great deal of money and are trying to get jobs, yes, to pay to pay for health care at the very least, uh, and to be uh, to be uh, condescended to that way. And you know, it was just very it just got our back up. And I think that that helped the resolve to get as many people as went came out every day in the rain, no matter what what is going on to to be on the picket line so that the studio saw that and you know it's there's going to be a book or an article to just how inept the pr department at amptp was in getting Incredible. the message out you know it's like even at the very end um last uh on saturday night they said this is our last and final offer it's like come on guys you know it's like it, it that got the backup too. It's sort of like, well, if this is you know a, a, this deal that they're supposedly saying is the final offer is less than what actually would be needed to solve the problem, we're going to vote it down. And so there was a lot of skepticism on Sunday afternoon, particularly that some such a final deal could be made after language like that. But they did it. Everyone's so happy. Don't piss writers off. <laughs> That's a good lesson. The consequences of these five months have, of course, been huge for the industry, for the economy, for California's economy, for everyone working uh, below the line in the industry in general. Um, and of course, this is following a difficult period of COVID. When all this is said and done, hopefully within just a few days, how long to get back on our feet and who? what will we see first? Well, I think that uh, the the pact with the writers will only help SAG-AFTRA to be able to come to a deal as well. If if the deal that the WGA got is as good as the negotiating committee says it is, it sounds like it would be a good template to work from for the actors. Now, granted, actors have slightly different concerns, additional concerns that uh, writers don't have, and that would still have to be worked out. Um, and shows aren't going to be back right away. Even the late night shows still have to kind of, it's been five months away. They got to get, get everybody back together 
They got to get their rhythm in and to be able to. So I would say probably you could see late night shows come back probably the first part of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, shows like El- Abbott Elementary, with any luck, we may have new episodes by the end of the year. Nonetheless, this is uh, a fantastic news for everyone. And it's not just the writers or the actors. It's all the ancillary people, the florists, the carpenters, all the people in the industry. When production shuts down, they are hurting too. And they're not negotiating for a raise. They just want to get back to work. So, I mean, that is actually the best part of this, that everyone in the industry, the entire entertainment industry family is going to be back and um, hopefully with a quick end to the SAG-AFTRA end of it. Yeah, because um, we need the actress to start filming these shows that are have been on hold um, and to start promoting the films that have been um, that are coming out now that are already done. So there's so many moving parts to this. And you were so kind to join me with a little breaking news of what we know. But since we still don't know the actual wording and the deal, you said that you would jump on again with me after you have read it because you will receive it. And and we'll talk a little bit about what is said in there. And, and hopefully we'll, that'll be very soon, right? It'll be my pleasure to come back anytime. Thanks, Christina. Thanks so much. Tom, tell people where they can read your work. You can find me on Twitter at Thomas E. O'Brien, and you can read my reviews and hear my podcasts at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, Tom. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon